Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I'm not going to preach for too long, but tonight's message title, for those who are taking notes, is called The Wonder of Work. The Wonder of Work. Everybody will work in your lifetime. Everybody has been designed by God to work. When God gave me this message, I was like, God, do I have to preach about work? I was like, can't I preach about something else, like anything else but work? That's going to be a hard sell. But then God just kept on placing it on my heart, placing it on my heart, placing it on my heart. And I got a word that God wants us to be super intentional with the work that we're doing in the everyday. Do you know that God doesn't just need a Sunday to be at work? Do we have an awareness that God doesn't need the band? He doesn't need a preacher on a stage. He just needs an available believer to work. He doesn't need a Sunday. He doesn't need a Friday night. He doesn't need the right atmosphere or the keys, just that perfect tonic tone, whatever it is. He doesn't need those things to work. He just needs availability and intentionality. We serve a God who wants to work through us, not just on Sunday when we're serving on a team. We serve a God who doesn't just want to work through people who work at a church, but we serve a God who wants people who have an understanding that ministry is not somebody who works at a church. Ministry is a believer who takes the church with them into their world. Ministry is not a title. It's not something that somebody gets. It's not a preacher on a platform. It's not what I'm doing necessarily right now. Ministry is when you've said yes to God wholeheartedly and you've given your life to Him. And then in giving our life to Him, we give Him our work. You could be a teacher. That's your ministry God wants to work through. You could be a tradesperson. That's the ministry you've been entrusted to that God wants to work through. You could be a mum or a dad. That's the ministry that God's entrusted to you. There is no levels of calling in the kingdom of God because we are all called by God. We have to be people, if we're to grow in 2023, that don't just leave church on a Sunday and think the experience of God is over. No, God wants to enter into our Monday and our Tuesday too. It does not matter what we do for work necessarily. It matters the intention we bring around it. I've been in jobs where I thought there was no possibility in any way that God could work through me. I wasn't necessarily doing anything glamorous. I've been in McDonald's. I've been laboring. I've done different things at all different times in my life and you would have done the same. But we all have those moments where God becomes real, even in the workplace. Your workplace right now might be your school ground. It could be your university. Wherever you're spending your time, you know, the average Aussie works 1,693 hours per year. I was about to say per week. Now, that's not that much compared to the rest of the world because we're Aussies. But that's 1,693 hours where we are being intentional or not. That's 1,693 hours that we are spending wisely or just wasting. 
does not matter what we do for work, what our career choice is, it matters the intention that we bring around it. Everybody works, but not everybody produces fruit from their work. Let's just take that Christianese head cap that we have right now, thinking working with God is reading the Bible and those things are great, or worshiping and those things are great. No, no, working with God looks like hearing that still small voice of the Holy Spirit when you're in your workplace and God goes, go say hello to that person. Go pay for that person's lunch. Go, go meet that person who's new and they're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Go meet the person everybody's talking about how annoying they are. Go understand their story. Those are the moments God wants to work in our life, 1,693 hours a year. Are you wasting them or are you using them? Are they producing a fruit in your life or are we just going through? Everybody is going through life, but not everybody's utilizing their life for good and for God. Colossians 3.23 tells us, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Some of you, and I've been in this place too, you look at the person you work for and you go to go, I'm working for God, not for them. I'm not talking about that right now, Pastor B, don't you worry. (laughs) But there are moments in our life where we cannot choose who we work for but we get to choose who we live for. We get where there are moments in our life where we do not choose who we work for or what we may be doing, but we get to choose who we are living for. That's a powerful truth. There are moments in our life, seasons where we feel like we may be stuck in study, stuck in school right now. No, 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 we are using the season God has entrusted us with and we are bringing fruit from that season. We are working willingly. I work with teenagers, but what I found is that teenagers and parents can be alike. We hate work, especially if we're Australian. Work does not have the connotation of, yay. Like this message right now when I said I was talking about work, nobody was like, amen. Work. Everyone's like, don't remind me. Look at that tomorrow. This is, this is the weekend. School. Students are like, man, be quiet. Don't talk about school. Assessments are coming in. Things, bills are coming. Those pressures are always coming. But the reality is God can take anything, even the unsubstantial things in our life, and use it for His glory. We do not work for mankind. We work for a different kingdom. We don't work for the kingdoms of this world. We work from a heavenly kingdom whose reign will extend throughout all eternity. God is looking at the way we work. Colossians 3.23 in the message, I love this. It says, do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do, this is a painful verse, the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart. For your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. That's a word for somebody. The ultimate master you are serving is Christ. 
in that work situation you find yourself in that's causing you pain, the ultimate person who's your source and provider, who is your King, who is your Saviour is Christ. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. And everybody goes, amen. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Awkward. We've all seen those Christian movies that definitely should not have become Christian movies. I'm sorry, but... Bad work does not, we can't just go, oh, it's Christian, it's good. No, no, no. We've got to bring something to God that we put our heart and soul into and we've got to produce something with our life called the fruit. We've got to bring something from God, even if we have a little bit of mustard seed faith for our workplace or what we're doing right now. It doesn't matter if we're in accounting. doesn't matter if you're a school teacher. doesn't matter if you're doing something that you think nobody else would want to do. There is something in that place that God wants to produce a fruit from. I remember working at McDonald's and I thought it was the worst job in the entire world. I served four and a half years. People, when you talk about McDonald's, like when you're talking, they go, how long did you serve? I'm like, four and a half years. That's the way we talk about it. Cred, street cred right there. But I remember I'm standing there one day and I'm hating my life. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably uh, 16 and I'm standing there and I'm tired and I'm complaining about everything that the world's throwing at me at that stage in my life. Slight dig. But I'm standing there and I, and I served this elderly man. I don't know his name, but I knew that this was the first time that I'd served this elderly man and he was there. He had his wife sitting across from him and he would go up every week. I'd work on a Tuesday night and he would come up to me every single week. The first time I served him, he just, I gave him an extra swirl on his cone, on his soft serve cone and he like loved me for it. Come on. I wasn't supposed to necessarily, but I did it. But this man, I am served him and he was just like, oh, you're so good. I'm like, thank you. He's like, can you get the manager out? Got the manager out. He talked to the manager. I'm like, how much am I paying this dude right now? Come on. And um, I was like, don't bring up the extra swirl. Don't bring up the extra swirl. But I remember in that moment, literally every single week he would come up. And it was like the highlight of my Tuesday was to get to serve this elderly man who would have his Big Mac, his soft serve cone and his medium fries and I would give him his free coffee because of his seniors card and he would come up and he would only want to be served by me. Literally, they'd be like, I'm free. No, no, I'm waiting for Dan. It's like, no, no, you can come. No, no, he would hold up the whole line. I'm waiting for Dan. But you know what? That little moment, I remember that little moment and it's a precious moment that I think about when I think about my McDonald's work was just a moment where we connected with somebody personally, relationally. And I don't know what's happened with that old man, but I do know that I had a part in his story and he had a part in mine. That's what work is. It's finding those moments when you're standing there and you may not be happy, but it's saying, God, where is it that you wanna work? God, who can I connect with? You don't know who you're running into right now, who you may run into in the future. That just scared a few people. Nothing is wasted when it's given to God. Nothing is wasted when it's given to God. You see, we can't have bad work. Growing up, um, I helped my dad a lot. He was a tiler, or he is a tiler. Um, Free promo right there, dad, if you're here. There you go. Don't go to him. He's already busy. He's probably booked out for a year in advance. He'll tell me, he'll tell you that. (laughs) But my dad was a tiler. So every single school holidays, I would go to work with my dad. I would even work with him during the week sometimes. 
And um, I remember now when I walk into a room, it's like, it's a good thing, but it's also very annoying. Whenever I walk into a room, I'm subconsciously assessing the tiling job. It's a bad grout line right there. And I, even as I walk, I can hear from the sound, I can hear if the tiles have been laid right or if it's been a good tradesman or a bad tradesman just by walking. If they sound hollow, I'm like, well, the tradie didn't do a very good job or the glue's not good or something like that. If I even get a coin sometimes and I roll it across the tiles and you can hear the hollows in the tiles, it probably means they're going to pop up if you didn't know that. So um, some of you are like, no. <laughs> but I remember I can hear by the sound of the work if it was a good tradesman or not. And this is the thing. The world can hear the church. The world can hear our language during the week. They can hear our spirit that we carry into our workplace, into our school, into our university. And they're assessing, do I want this or don't I? Is this a good work? Is it, does this person exemplify something that I want to live like? Or are they just in the same predicament as me? You see, sometimes the best thing we can do is to understand that our life and our work has a sound. The way we enter a room has a sound to it. The way you walk into that meeting on that morning that you don't want to be there for, it has a sound. And people are assessing if they want God accordingly or not. God wants us to be good and faithful servants. God says, Jesus looked at the field. He said, the workers are few, but the harvest is ripe. Do we have people who want to do the work of God or do we have people who are just waiting for God to work? See, we look at our jobs or wherever we are in three different orientations. We either look at our, at our work right now as a job. It's just paying the bills. What you do Monday to Friday is simply paying the bills. And we get that. Like we can understand that. You've got to pay bills. Those things are important. I'm not saying don't do that. But with that orientation brings a certain limit to it. Like if all you do every Monday to Friday is just pay the bills, what are, why are we, what are we doing? If the only reason we get out of bed is just to pay the bills, we serve a king who wants to work in our life. We serve a king who wants to do far more than just pay bills. He wants to free people from debt all around who feel like they're carrying the world on their shoulders. And so we can look at our job or our, at, our, at our career right now as just a job, or we can look at it as a career. Now, as a career, we have to step on people. So a job's just paying the bills, but a career is like we have to get to the highest rung of that career. Like I have to climb the corporate ladder to get to some place that I want to get to. I need to experience what they call cognitive dissonance when I get there. Meaning that it's not very good when I get there and I feel like I've been ripped off and I've worked my life away for nothing. And so we, we climb the career ladder and we think, oh, that'll bring me some hope. But I love what Eugene Peterson says. He says, we work hard for something, get it, and then we find we don't want it. We struggle for years to get to the top and find life there thoroughly boring. A job, a career, or do we look at our work, the thing that we produce as a calling? You, can, you know people who just do what they do because it's a job. <laughs> I was in Kmart yesterday and this girl came up. She's like, can I, to this one girl working at Kmart, and she's like, can, I, can you show me where the lids are? She's like, oh, not really. 
job. Show her where the lids are. And then you have people who just work because it's their career. And you feel like, man, I don't know if I trust you. Are you going to backstab me? Um, you just pick up something around their life. But you know when you've met, met somebody and it's their calling. And you think, like, I know bus drivers who they're called to drive the bus. And you feel it when you walk onto that bus. You sit in that bus and you just feel like they're doing what God has called them to do. You know people who are in their calling when you meet them and you're like, man, I wanna, I wanna be like that person. They don't even have the greatest job, but they, they, they're happy. They're enjoying their life. I know a lifeguard. And um, I'm not going to make an underwater hockey plug. I just did. Um, but he's, he's always there when we play underwater hockey on a Monday night. 6.30, Southport Aquatic Centre. You can come along too. Um, <laughs> you got to. It's underwater hockey, people. That's not many of us. Um, and there's this lifeguard, right? And he is the best lifeguard <laughs> you could ever imagine. He is, what can, what can I do to help? Can I pull out the lane ropes? I'll put them back in. He's testing the water, making sure the chlorine's there. And then on other weeks, you have the other lifeguards. They don't give a rip. They don't want to help with the light lane ropes. People could be drowning. They wouldn't even know they're too busy on their phones. But this guy, he loves what he does because he's a lifeguard. It's his calling and you can tell. But you know what? Even without God, he's still speaking to me. Even if he's not even connected to God, but he's in his lane and he's doing what he's doing with a higher purpose. If somebody who doesn't know God can do that, how much more can the church do that? If someone who doesn't even have a relationship with the King of Kings can do that, how much more powerful is it when we, call, when we work in the calling God has given us? Student, your school is your calling right now. Student, your university is your calling right now. Work that field. Work the field that God has placed you in. You know, David was in the field when the calling found him and the anointing found him. David wasn't at home complaining. He wasn't trying to be somewhere he's not. He wasn't fighting battles yet. He was in the field shepherding the sheep and the anointing of God found him there. God has anointed you and He has called you. Ezekiel 47, we've been reading from this a lot. It says, in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gate and led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing through the south side of the east gateway. In other words, Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's having this, this uh, prophetic dream and he's seeing the Spirit and the presence of God flowing outside the doors of the temple. That should speak to us because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The building that we're in right now is not the temple, you are. And so that means that the waters that flow from our life, the, the atmospheres we create real, with our life shall create life when we have intention. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honour God with your body. We are walking, talking, moving, working temples of the Holy Spirit. It's not just gonna flow from this building. Sometimes we can get that, that idea. No, no, it's flowing from you. 
It's flowing from the mum and dad in this room. It's flowing from the teenager in this room. It's flowing out of your life and people experience the goodness of God when they see the fruit at work. A move of God is spelt W-O-R-K. Not in your strength, but in His. A a revival, a renewal, whatever you want to call it, whatever the fancy term that you want to call it, is spelled W-O-R-K. Can I have the band back? I walked into a meeting this week and I was praying all week for this meeting. I was nervous and I was like, God, I really need you to work my words for this meeting. I really need your spirit in that room. I need you to to be with me as I walk in. I walk in and I get everything I asked for in this meeting. It was fantastic. God's hand was on it. I needed some resource for some things we're doing in highway youth at schools and stuff like that at Hilltop Weekend. And it was just like, a, yep, I'm gonna support it. Yep, we can help with that. Yep, we can do this. And I remember sitting there going, Praise Jesus, oh my goodness, I've got a lot of work to do. Praise Jesus, oh my goodness, I've got to do a lot when I get out of this door. And I remember walking out and the answer, I had an answer to my prayer, but I also had a responsibility to do something about it. I remember walking out and the blessing of God had been poured out over my life and I'm walking out, I'm going, oh my goodness, I'm gonna be up late tonight doing a lot of different things. When God acts, it usually requires work from the church. God does not work around people. He works through people. God includes people in this story of redemption for the earth. He will not work around your life. He will work through your life to the people around you. God wants to work through His church. And some of you are sitting here and you're going, Dan, it's easy for you to say, blah, blah, blah. I understand that. I would do that too, probably. But this is the thing. God doesn't need a pulpit to preach. Give me a pancake in a local high school and I'll let that kid know about the love of God. Give me a pancake. I've had so many good conversations about God, not necessarily in the church building, but in a high school when we're just serving pancakes. Are we doing it to get them there? Not necessarily. We're just doing it because we love teenagers. We, have, we serve four local high schools every single Friday. We're serving, I've worked out, we're gonna serve 60,000 pancakes this year to local high schools. But that can be like, why are you doing that? I mean, you don't see that much turnover into youth. I mean, like, why would you even bother waking up that early? Why are the team bothering? No, no, because we believe that a pancake sown in faith does something. And we can do a lot of things in, 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 in work. We can do a lot of things working or we can do things in faith. You can do a lot of things throughout your week to week or are you doing them in faith? God can use a pancake sown in faith. God can use time sown in faith. God can use your attention sown in faith. It does not matter what you do on the day to day. Are you doing it in faith? Faith is the difference. Faith is the difference. You know, the first person who ever had the Spirit of God poured upon them was not a preacher. It wasn't Noah. The first person to have the Spirit of God poured out on their life was not Adam. It was not Moses. It was not one of the prophets that you think about. It was not the person who did a mighty miracle and everyone's like, wow. No, 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 the first person the Bible recalls as having the Spirit of God fall upon them was the tradesman. And all the tradies say, amen. Exodus 31, one to five. Moses has been given a plan for a tabernacle. He has no idea how to build it. And then God says this, then the Lord says to Moses, the first person to have had the 
Spirit of God filling in their life. Says, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God giving Him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving, mounting gemstones, and in carving wood. He is a master of every craft. If God can use Belazil for the very first person He pours His Spirit upon, why can't God use you in your workplace? Why can't God use you in your school? Why can't God use you in that situation where you don't even know what's happening around you, but you can be anointed by God for the season you are walking into? If God can use this man who nobody knows about, nobody's, not many, I haven't heard many people talk about this man, but it does not matter. He had the Spirit of God poured out on his life to do something, to build something. We're talking about building growth. You know, I think all the answers we need are in this church. The people we need are in this room. The resource we need is in this room. The ideas we need are in this room. The inspiration we need is in this room. God wants to use ordinary, everyday people for extraordinary feats of His kingdom. He does not need big names. He does not need celebrity. He does not need fame. He just needs availability. He just needs availability, church. Can we stand to our feet? God has chosen you. It says, look, I have specifically chosen Basileel. God has filled you. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. And God desires to make you a master of whatever craft you choose. He was a master craftsman. God wants to use you. We can't waste 1,900 hours a year just doing something. We have to use every hour we have attuned to the Holy Spirit saying, God, would you anoint my hands? God, would you anoint my mind? God, would you anoint my attention to do something in my workplace, in my school, in my university that only you can do? God, would you anoint me for such a time as this? We're gonna worship just for a little bit. And as we worship, I'm just gonna ask that right now, even it's just whatever's been on your mind, can you recommit your work what you do, Monday to Friday, can you recommit that to God? Even if it doesn't seem like, hey, I don't know if God can work through this, He can. But would we recommit ourselves right now in this presence as we worship saying, God, I'm sorry. God, I repent that I haven't seen the possibilities. God, I repent that I've just been filling in my time. I repent that I've been wasting those, those hours every single year, not driving with intention, not working with intention. I repent of those things, but God, I'm, I'm calling out for a fresh outpouring of Your presence on my life. I'm calling out for a new anointing over my life. I'm calling out for a new and filling of Your Spirit over my life. Can we worship, team? And as we worship right now, would you raise your hands towards heaven, focus your attention on Him. Let's just worship Him right now. Thanks, Thanks Ben. 
Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.